This is TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. I'm Dr. Gina Rhodes. Let's get started. This week on TTLT, we have Amy Chastain. She'll be talking to us about Story Stitch. Amy and I met when we were teaching at Shanto University in China. And since then, she has um, moved back to the U.S. and she's teaching at the University of Iowa. And she's also a member of the TESOL intercultural communications intersection. So she knows a lot about intercultural communication and a lot about Story Stitch. Hello, Amy. How are you today? It's, thanks for joining us on TTELT. It's my pleasure to join you on TTELT. <laughs> Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? I will say though, as a, as a background, my mother says I was born this way to, to have this career. So we can at least give that that acknowledgement. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I always was interested in languages and cultures and um, from the time I was up, that I was a kid and I vividly have memories of, you know, being very interested and deciding I was going to study abroad and I even tried to, I, I made attempts at figuring out how to be an exchange student in Australia, actually. Um, but when it came to realizing that I would have to like delay graduation because the year is different and all that, um, you know, that's like the worst thing a teenager could possibly imagine is not graduating on time. So, so I didn't do that, but I've always wanted to go to Melbourne, um, even back then. Um, well, you can still visit me anytime. I know. Well, anytime. Well, after the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know those I had so many plans this past summer that didn't happen. Um, didn't we all? But um, so I did finally get get kind of back on track in that direction. Um, I took a brief detour um, into international business away from languages and culture more specifically for a little while, but got back on track um, when I went back to grad school for applied linguistics. Um, because I knew I was ready to go somewhere and explore and, and discover something new and different outside of the U.S. Um, and that that would be my ticket to do that. Um, and so that took me to China, which had never been on my radar. Um, but I loved it. I felt at home there. So I ended up staying there for several years. Um, from there, went to Abu Dhabi in the Middle East. And then, of course, as, as the logical progression goes, then I came to Iowa. <laughs> that makes complete sense. Um, you know, <laughs> and this Southern girl having to adapt to real winters. Um, because even when I had a year in Beijing, you know, it was a very mild winter. Um, so I didn't have real winters and like polar vortexes and such until I came to Iowa. Um, but I've been really fortunate in Iowa to still have a great deal of exposure to people all over the world, um, including English language teachers from all over Latin America, for example, that have come here to Iowa to learn from us and take things back um, to their binational centers and those kinds of things. So, and of course, through my involvement with TESOL and IALIC, um, that's a European-based uh, association for people that are involved in teaching languages and intercultural communication. Um, so yeah, it's what I love. And, you know, I was sharing with you about 
having a Zoom chat earlier today with a teacher in Italy. And, um, you know, I routinely chat with friends and colleagues in China and just different places. And um, I think that that's really helped a lot during this, the pandemic. Um, you know, I said, I feel really fortunate that many of my closest friends and connections are, are not in my immediate community. And so I feel like that's been a benefit during the pandemic and lockdown, you know, because I've stayed connected with those people virtually. Um, and so I can't imagine how difficult it must be for people who are being cut off from their kind of immediate local communities and, and, and that's all they know. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if that answered the question or not, but. <laughs> You, it, you get to answer that question anytime you want, any way you want, because it's you, right? You're the only one who knows about you. <laughs> That's me. I'm a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of here and a little bit of there <laughs> and the other place. <laughs> and, and what's your position now in Iowa? I am, uh, what am I? I'm associate professor of instruction um, and I'm also administrative faculty and my role in that um, is mostly serving as the outreach coordinator. And so, so my job is kind of to, to develop and foster the relationships and collaborations and um, that kind of thing with other offices, with other resources, with other departments on and off campus um, to meet our students' needs. Excellent. Amy, can you tell us um, what is Story Stitch? Story Stitch is my new favorite thing even though it's not that new to me anymore. I've been doing it now almost two years. Um, so Story Stitch, um, and now Virtual Story Stitch since COVID um, has opened up even more doors. So this is a, it's a quote unquote game, um, if you wanna call it that, um, that was developed by Green Card Voices, which is a nonprofit out of Minneapolis that was originally created to give voices to immigrants and to tell their stories and to get them out into the public. Um, and so they have a number of books that they've published of varieties of immigrant stories, many of them high school students' stories um, that are just incredible. And they've done this in different um, kind of communities and cities around the country, um, including Atlanta, um, which you know is, is near my home and that's where I was introduced to them. Um, and so when TESOL International had their annual convention in Atlanta, um, they were, Green Card Voices was there and was launching uh, the Atlanta book that was a, about stories of high school students around Atlanta. And so I was super excited about it. And I saw it, I saw the, the big banners that they had around um, at the convention and I sought them out. And so I went and found their booth and I had a intercultural communication class starting the very next week um, after TESOL. And I had already been playing with ideas of how to capture stories and how my students could capture more stories, um, particularly of um, some of our immigrant and refugee communities in in our area. Um, and so I'd already been like trying to create this myself and come up with, you know, projects and ways that they could do this and, you know, assignments and whatever. 
when I stumbled upon the green card voices table at convention. And, you know, because I was attracted by this Atlanta book. Well, at the table, they had Story Stitch that looks like this in little card box because it's literally a deck of cards. Um, hence the idea that it's a game. And I said, oh, what is this? Because it says on the box, Story Stitch, telling stories, opening minds, becoming neighbors. And so I said, what is this? And so the girls at the at the table just started telling me, and I said, oh my gosh, I was like, I want to use this in my class. And it's starting next week. I said, do you think I can get enough? Like, do you have enough to send to my bookstore? <laughs> and at the table, I got on the phone with my department. I called, they connected to the bookstore. Like all while I was standing at this table, we got it added to my course as a required text. And and they had it shipping to the bookstore for the next week. <laughs> like it was that it was. I was like, I'm doing this. That's um, so awesome. Yeah, and so so that's how it started. Is literally with their card deck, um, and it was still pretty new at that time. It had just been out um, a short time, and it was created with the idea of developing empathy um, in the community and. And again, connecting people and to hear stories of especially our immigrant and refugee neighbors. And, but of course, you know, it can work for any groups, you know, and any people. And I've been privileged enough to not only use it in, in my classes, um, in my language classes and my intercultural classes, um, but I've also been able to host um, and facilitate these kind of circles for multiple groups and organizations, some of which I'm not a part of at all. They just say, hey, will you do one for me? And I say, sure. And so we do it. And, and it's been so rewarding. And the, the most amazing thing to me is I've been able to watch it unfold and take place with so many different groups now that it makes no difference, Gina, whether these are people who have never met and have no knowledge of each other at all, or if it's people that are connected um, from for some organization or you know colleagues or whatever it is um, and so I even use it in my first day of classes for both my language classes and my intercultural classes as you know like the introduction to each other like we just have a story time and especially this fall it was really incredible to use it that way um, because my intercultural class that um, that was in the first part of the semester, actually actually met in person, even though we're under COVID times. Um, so we met, you know, in a socially distanced room, all masked. Um, but again, because it's COVID, we used the virtual version, not the card, card version, because we didn't like make a circle and, and pass stuff. Um, so I put the questions on the screen for the virtual version and we did it. You know, even though everybody's sitting forward with their mask on, you know, but we, we told stories and it worked. And the feedback that day in like the debriefing at the end where people just share like one word about what their experience was like or what they noticed about the group dynamic, what they noticed about themselves was just so rewarding. And especially coming from, you know, months and months of being separated and being apart and this was my only fully in-person class that I had. Um, and, and for most of them, it was their only in-person class they had. And, and these were freshman students 
you know, so this was their introduction to college and to university. Um, and so it was really refreshing to, to see that work. And again, I use it in language classes too. And, you know, because the, the, the questions are fairly um, simple and easy to understand. Um, the abbreviated virtual version has like four bo boxes with just like five to seven questions in a box. Um, and, you know, and they're just all up there and people can just pick any question they want. And so, so language-wise, that's helpful too, you know, because chances are there's a question, I mean, like, tell your family story or something like that, you know, that they'll have, that even at a more basic language level, you probably recognize the vocabulary and that kind of stuff. And it's up to you, up to the participants, how much you share and what details you share. And so everybody is kind of guided by their own comfort level. Um, and it's just a really, really cool way to open yourselves up to, to difference and similarity and commonality. Um, you know, and the idea of the stitch is, you know, if somebody just shared a story that really spoke to me or touched me and resonated with me in some way, I have these opportunities to stitch to where I share a similar story or, you know, make a comment um, or ask a clarifying question, you know, that, that that's where it starts to create these connections with whatever group you're a part of. That's great. Can you give us some more examples of uh, some of the types of questions that Story Stitch has? Um, one that I've seen always be super popular, <laughs> that in every group where it comes up, it always ends up getting a lot of stitches, is um, the one that is describe your favorite smell and what it reminds you of or that kind of thing. And and that always sparks so many connections like and people stitching. Um, so that, that one's really cool um, that I've watched that in, across many groups, you know, because we know from research, you know, the smell is our biggest, you know, connection to memory, right? And so everybody, you know, when they hear, whether it's somebody talking about like the smell of some sort of fresh baked cookies or food or, you know, the smell of fresh cut grass or the smell of, um, I recently, just this week actually, had somebody talking about the smell of, of roses and like a freshly wet forest, like all together, like, and it was so vivid, you know, and like, and, and it had people just coming out of the woodwork, really, like, you know, to use an idiom, um, of going, like, you were like, oh, that reminds me of this smell and this smell and this smell, um, uh, but in the virtual version, there's also COVID questions, um, you know, so, you know, and there, there are questions that kind of cover the gamut to, you know, that are very, are meant to be very positive questions. Um, they're very neutral questions, and there's questions that fall into like a more vulnerable category. So it might like, if somebody, and again, though it's led and driven by what people are comfortable sharing and what they're choosing to share. And so it might be like talking about a time when you felt really lonely or talking about a time, you know, when your family caused you stress. It's all things that everybody can relate to and everybody has a story. Again, whether you choose to share it is up to you. Um, you know, and it's really interesting as you watch, you know, oftentimes everybody's picking the very positive light, 
you know, fluffier questions at the beginning. But as soon as one person chooses a vulnerable question, like then, then you'll see this trend of more and more people just going, you know what, I want to share too. And I want to be vulnerable. And, you know, and again, and, and I see it whether or not people are with people that they know at all, or, you know, pe that people that already have some sort of relationship. Are there any other specific benefits of this that you've noticed in your students of since you've started using it with your students? Um, I think it, it gives a great, because I used it this week as an example. I told you that um, I was using one example from this week because um, not only did I use it the first day of class, but I used it this week because, you know, we, we've just in the U.S. come off of, of a week holiday. And, you know, many of us are fully aware that our language students when there's a long break like that, have not used one ounce of the language over that break. And, you know, so the first day back is all you're feeling, you know, people are a little rusty or whatever. And I said, this is a good way to just get people talking again, get them to use their English again. Um, it's also a good way to expose lots of different vocabulary and skills like circumlocution, you know, for because maybe they have a story they really want to share and it's not something they've shared in English before. And so they've really got to call on those skills because they just have that urge and desire to share the story. And again, I mean, even that from a language perspective, this is all, this is all driven by choice, right? And so, so if our students are motivated to share a story, that's also motivation for them to develop vocabulary or use strategies around that to, to make that story heard. That's awesome. Okay, so for some some teacher who wants to try this and has never used Story Stitch before, what are some things that you would do differently if you were starting again, uh, some lessons that you've learned along the way? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if there's anything necessarily I would do differently. Now, I will say, for the benefit of the listeners, I started using it with no training. I just took it and ran with it, right? Um, but since then, I have actually completed the full facilitator training that Green Card Voices offers, um, which is very enlightening and helpful. Um, and which we are also, me and the founder and the other staff person of Green Card Voices is doing a training as a PCI at the next TESOL virtually um, in the spring. Uh, it's one of the 10 PCIs, yeah, is, the, is incorporating the storytelling into your class. Um, so it's, um, it'll be a four-hour training as part of the PCIs hmm, for those that are be interested. Great. So anyone who's attending TESOL International can attend this PCI? Um, and well, you can even sign up for it, I think, totally separately, um, oh, I'm pretty sure. Even if, you, even if you're not going? And, I think. And, um, and you may not know, but do you know, um, the fee for PCIs this year, or is there going to be one? I, yeah, there are fees, but I'm not sure what the fee is. Um, I'll look, I think they're I'll usually look, in like the 70 ish dollar range, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> I'll look <laughs> it up and put it in the notes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But, so. but that'll be a unique one because, you know, obviously the Green Card Voices facilitator training is just about doing it. Um, where ours is specifically about doing it in a language classroom and in our kind of environment and setting. Um, and so I'll, I will also talk a lot about 
you know, kind of the, the background and kind of the pedagogical or theoretical foundations of, of how it gets incorporated and that kind of stuff, what, what, what the learning outcomes are and those kinds of things. So that will be offered. Um, but um, anyone can access all the materials from Green Card Voices, the virtual materials. They're available for just $10. Um, US. Um, and so that, again, that gets you all the questions, gets you like some instruction slides and that kind of stuff. Um, now, if, if you are preparing again for the future context of being doing this in person, the card deck, I think, is now about $18 US um, because they've made some improvements. Now it's not in a little paper box, it's in a nice like flip top box and stuff like that to make it more durable and longer lasting. For your listeners that are not aware of it, um, I think it's a super valuable resource and they can also access um, information about Story Stitch on this resource um, is the Hubicle, the intercultural learning hub that Purdue um, has created as their gift to the world. It's totally free, um, anybody can join. Um, that's one of the many ways that that your listeners could connect with me is through the Hubicle. I've put Story Stitch as an activity on the Hub. Um, there's many, many resources and activities there. Um, and anybody can share resources and find resources there. Um, you can create communities. You can, you know, use it to like as a hub for, you know, shared research or collaboration um, all around intercultural teaching and learning. Um, so that's an exciting development too. That's great. We'll have to put that in the notes as well. Hobbicle. There are no observers. <laughs> um, but again, the important thing is when it's your turn, you're in full control. You're picking the question and you're picking, you know, the extent of your answer. You know, mm -hmm. so if you're if you're one that's a little more hesitant and feeling shy or whatever, like you can share something, you know, like I said, like as simple as your favorite smell, you can say is, you know, my mom's cookies and be done. Like, you know, <laughs> um, you know so, so no one's ever gonna make you share something or tell you what you have to share. Um, so that's, right. I think, really important and valuable. But it is, you know, because the way it works virtually, you know, if we were in person, like we'd be sitting in a circle and we'd literally just be going around the circle. But virtually, because you don't have that benefit, like if it was, if I was the last one that chose a question, once everybody's done stitching, it comes back to me to tag the next person. And if I say, I tag Gina, you don't, you don't, you don't get to go like, nah, pass. Like, <laughs> no, no, I don't want to tell a story. Okay. No, so, everybody... so, but, so then you would look at all the questions and pick one. And like I said, so, but you know, so you do have to take part if you're, if you're taking part, but mm -hmm. it can be as much or as little as you feel comfortable. What projects are you working on? You've already told us about some, but are, are there any other projects that you want to tell us about? The PCI that's coming for TESOL International in the spring. Um, and I'm also working on organizing a symposium um, that we'll be hosting as part of the World Canvas series. Um, through our international programs office at the University of Iowa. Um, and that's gonna be coming in February. I don't know the exact day and time quite yet, um, but it'll be focused on um, English language teaching specifically 
um, there'll be six sessions um, and some discussion time. And so I'll definitely let you know um, when that's firmed up. Can you tell us more about what, what that's, is that more, is that about um, intercultural communication? Um, well, it's more focused on just international programs in general um, at the higher ed level, you know, around the world. Um, and so it's a, it's a partnership that, that I'm doing with our international programs office and our Dean of international programs. Um, and it's in, the intention is to highlight, um, you know, what English language teaching, what we're doing as a field, as a department um, in meeting, you know, the current needs of our students and, you know, the role that English language teaching plays in international programs and in, you know, study abroad and all that kind of thing and, and just the exchange the you know academic exchange environment mm -hmm. um so yeah we're going to be highlighting some of just kind of the importance of english language teaching right now um we're going to be talking about student perspectives of um you know teaching and learning over these last several months um as well as you know adjustments we've been making to assessments um but then also things like you know, how to kind of meet the affective needs um, communicatively of, of our learners from all different backgrounds and how we can, you know, address those different groups within our classrooms and those kinds of things. Awesome. It sounds amazing. Um, all right. So, so is this something that any teacher could join if they wanted yes. to join that series? Okay. Yeah. Great. So um, I'll make sure to get you the information because once we start public, uh, publicizing it, it'll be publicized quite widely so okay great well we'll make sure that we have that in the notes then that'll be fabulous okay and where can people find you if they want to ask you a question or find out more about um story stitch or intercultural communication or anything yeah so they can certainly find me on linkedin um my name of course is amy alice chastain and i'm at the university of iowa um i'm also happy to to have emails um it's amy hyphen chastain that's uh, C-H-A-S as in Sam, T as in Tom, A-I-N, at uiowa.edu. Uh, um, but that's pretty much the extent, as you know, I'm not a social media person. So <laughs> outside of LinkedIn or emailing me or calling me up on the phone or something, that's about <laughs> the only places you'll find me. <laughs> no worries. I'm sure that everyone And on will. the Hubbicle. And, the, and on the Hubble, right. Okay, so we'll have all of those links in the notes so that if anyone okay. has a question about anything and wants to contact you, they can contact you there. Thank yeah, you so perfect. much for taking the time to be interviewed today, Amy. Thank it's you, been Tina. great to see you and, uh, and chat with you. So thanks a lot for being part of TTLT. I'm happy to. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Wasn't that amazing? I learned so much about Story Stitch from Amy Alice Chastain. Okay, so let's look at those top teaching tips. So let's look at those top teaching tips again. Okay, first of all, if you wanna learn more about Story Stitch, a good place to go is to go to greencardvoices.org because that's the home for Story Stitch. And um, if you want to get the virtual toolkit, which is only $10, or if you want to order the actual cards, those all of those are there at Story Stitch. Uh, 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 everything 
about Story Stitch and find out more and to find out more about the Green Card Voices organization, you can go to www.greencardvoices.org. Um, and I like that she talked about the importance of Story Stitch is that it's a great way to develop empathy with um, for your students to develop empathy um, within your classroom for each other, for people from other cultures. Um, they can learn a lot through Story Stitch. I think it's great for that. I love that there is virtual Story Stitch. So we can do this um, even if we're teaching online with our students. And, um, and I'm so glad that we get to do a virtual Story Stitch with Amy Alice. And um, I love that you can become a facilitator. If you want a facilitator training, again, you can go to greencardvoices.org and you can learn how to become an official uh, facilitator of Story Stitch um, if you're interested in it. But as Amy said, she didn't become a facilitator before she did Story Stitch. She did it on her own with her students. And then because she saw the power of Story Stitch, she learned um, how to become an actual facilitator. So. And uh, the, uh, the last top teaching tip I wanted us to talk about was Hubbacle um, through Purdue University. So um, if you're interested in learning more about uh, intercultural communication and about Story Stitch, you can find out more um, on Hubbacle. So if you go there and you get their newsletter, then you can join Amy um, when she is facilitating the um, Story Stitch through Purdue University. That'll be awesome. I'm so excited. I'm really excited that Amy is going to do a virtual story stitch with us and we get to experience this story stitch. And this will be on January 9th at 2 p.m. GMT or 8 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Um, where Amy is in Iowa. And uh, so remember that this won't be recorded. So if you're interested in, in experiencing a, a virtual story stitch and thinking about how you could use it with your students, then it's important that you attend this event. We hope to see you there. Don't forget that we have this webinar coming up on January 12th uh, with Joel Alvarez. And he's gonna talk about a lot of great motivation tips. If you've listened to his episode, you know that he knows a lot about how to motivate students. So hopefully um, you will learn a lot from his work webinar as well. And um, that webinar is gonna be January 12th at 8 p.m. GMT, which will be 3 p.m. for Joel in uh, Panama. Hope to see you there. We'll also have a workshop with Katam and Maria on January 29th, they're going to be talking about how to start an English or an ESL club. And that is going to be a great workshop. And that's on January 29th at 1.30 a.m. GMT, which is 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time in LA, where Katam and Maria are. And if you would like to get more involved with TTLT, please send us a message or voicemail at ttlt.org. Drop me an email at ttltinfo at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel. Rate and review our YouTube channel. Tell your friends. Let everyone know so that uh, more people can find out about TTLT. And of course, if you're not there already, join us on our Facebook group, 
TTELT. Follow us on Twitter at TTLT1 and on Instagram at T.TELT. And if you're enjoying TTLT and finding these episodes helpful, we would love for you to donate and help us to keep TLT going. Um, if you can, if you have the money, please uh, go to our Patreon account, which is patreon.com slash TTLT, or uh, every dollar counts at our GoFundMe. So you can just go to GoFundMe uh, slash TTLT teaching tips for English language teachers. And, um, or you can send us on PayPal. So if you want to send us um, uh, anything at paypal.me slash TTLT, like I said, every penny counts. So we would really appreciate any help that you have. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. <laughs>